0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today with us. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and I hope that you leave each episode with a little something that is helpful in your everyday life or maybe even something big picture that helps. So these conversations are hopefully tools for you and for me. Uh, Today's episode is episode 30, and I'm talking with Kate Borsato. She's a therapist and she's an educator for pregnancy, postpartum, and early motherhood. She has virtual therapy clinics for Canadian moms, and she also has anxiety courses for moms online. In this episode, we talk about how things change when we become parents and simple things like mourning the loss of our free time that we once had, we also talk about intrusive thoughts and anxiety and finding joy in the little things, giving ourselves the freedom to take care of ourselves and not feel guilty about that. This is a really helpful episode for me, and I hope it is for you as well. Before we get started talking with Kate, I want to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Prevenex is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements. For a long time, I was looking for a clean, effective multivitamin, and I didn't wanna just get some random vitamin off the shelf at Target, and when I found Prevenex, I knew I found exactly what I needed. They also have joint health plus supplements, so if you're an active person or a runner, that's really great for your joints, and they have great protein powder. We make smoothies and put the protein powder in our smoothies for our kids and ourselves, And what I love about their protein powder is they have all sorts of vitamins and minerals in them as well that a lot of protein powders don't have. So you're getting a lot of nutrients packed into one smoothie when you make a smoothie or even you can just shake it up with some water, which is what I do when I'm on the go and I get a workout in and I need to get to the next thing. Um, They also have kids' vitamins that are really great. My kids love them, they ask for them in fact. And for every bottle of kids vitamins purchased, they donate a bottle to malnourished kids around the world. So you should check it out. Go to prevenex.com and use the code Lindsay15. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-15 at checkout. And that'll get you 15% off. Okay, friends. If you are enjoying this podcast, leave us a quick rating interview so new listeners can potentially find us and also share it with your friends on social media. That is such a huge way for new listeners to hopefully find the show and also learn a little bit and feel supported. Like I'm feeling supported from our guests and I hope you're feeling supported as well. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Kate Borsato. All right. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Kate Borsato on the show. Welcome to the show, Kate.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: 7 a.m. where you live. <laughs> so you're like, an, it's 10 a.m. here. So you're like just waking up.
1: Well, you know, I've been up for about 45 minutes, so it's not it's not too bad. And um, maybe that's something we can touch on today is getting up a bit earlier. It has actually been a key in my life as a mom and, and turning that corner. So, um, yeah, it's all good. I kind of like getting going early.
0: <laughs> oh, My favorite part of the day is the hour that I'm awake before everyone else. But people oftentimes are like, what if your kids get up at five? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I I've gone through phases and go through phases where sometimes someone has, is joining me during that hour. Um, generally our kids get up between six 30 and seven 30 you know, different ones get up Mm -hmm. at different times but um I struggled with that for a while like that okay I got up for my morning time and now you're joining me this is my one hour
1: yes yes it can be really frustrating and honestly I didn't start getting up earlier until my kids were about four and six like I just couldn't everybody always said wake up before your kids that's what you need for your you know alone time but for me it was survival I needed to sleep yeah um There was nothing that could have convinced me to wake up before I absolutely had to. So I always say that when I talk about waking up early, that like if it feels totally unrealistic for you, do not feel that pressure.
0: Oh, for sure. I know, you know, until your youngest isn't like baby anymore and they're sleeping through the night, Mm -hmm. it's like oftentimes my best sleeping hours, if nobody was getting me up, was like five to seven. You know, so it's like, heck no, I'm not getting up at five when those are like my two most secure hours of the day to sleep.
1: Hmm. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, Kate, you're a therapist, so we're going to get into quite a few things here today. But first, I want to start, I noticed on your Instagram that you and your family just like sold everything and reset your lives <laughs> when your kids were really little. So I'm so intrigued by that. Can you share about that? Yes. Yes, I love telling this story,
1: and um, this is this is probably like a life highlight of ours. Um, lots of good learning and lessons. So, right now our children are five and seven, and gosh, it would have been, you know, five, five years ago or four four years ago that we decided that we needed a major life overhaul. And so, I often start the story by saying that we were really following the blueprint that we thought would lead to joy and happiness right and and i think a lot of us know this blueprint it's like you find your partner you get married you have your babies you get the job you buy the house and we were like okay check 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 got it (laughs) and then and and then there i was home with two babies my husband was working really hard great job but we were feeling stressed we were hustling hard we were not that happy we would often look at each other and say like what are we doing Mm -hmm. like what are we doing this for this feels so hard this shouldn't feel so hard so you know and pre-children our, our pre-parent days we traveled a lot we adventured a lot um, and that was a big part of our identity and so for a while we had been toying with this idea of traveling with our children and it just seemed like the right time so we took a huge leap we, we took a very big bold leap and we said what's the worst that could happen right Let's just let's just go for it. So my husband quit his job. We sold every single thing we had. Like we literally let go of our um, accommodation that we were living in. We sold our strollers. Like our kids were one and a half and three, and I no longer owned a stroller <laughs> um, because where we were going, there weren't wide enough walkways to have a stroller. Like nobody had strollers where we went. Um, so every single thing, we we put a few things into storage that we loved, but for the most part, we totally purged and we packed up our kiddos and we went down to mexico to central mexico to a little town well not little a town called guanajuato city and um that was where we went for our first four months we um we had our spanish tutor the little girls went to preschool down there uh, we just settled into a different life um we didn't really have much of a plan and in terms of like our work. So I worked a little bit online for a past professor in my in my undergrad and um my husband did a little bit of contracting work, but we really just sort of threw our hands up and trusted the trusted the flow and we always said like worst case scenario we go home and get jobs and that's no worse off than we are right now. And I will acknowledge like the immense privilege behind that statement because not everybody can just sell their stuff and leave trusting that when they come back they'll be okay. So um you know, I never tell this story without feeling such huge gratitude for what we what we experienced. Um, so we spent yeah we spent four months in Mexico. We came home and we did a big road trip um, in southern BC and northern um, Washington, and we spent some time in rural British Columbia building a, a little tiny house with some family. Then we went off to Spain for four months. Um, the girls went to Spanish preschool there as well, and we. We worked online. That's when I started to build my online business. Um, but really, it was it was an adventure. It was a slower way of doing life. It was a massive life reset for us. Um, and you know, when I think back, you know, I, people will often say, "Wow, that must have been nice to to be on a vacation for a year." And it was you know, on the one hand, it was, it was incredible. But what stood out to me was that the challenges of being a mom, especially with babies, right, a one and a half and a three year old, the challenges of parenting little people, they're the same, no matter where you are, whether you're on vacation, or not, or whether you move to the most desirable place in the world or not, you're still a parent, you're still, you're still waking up in the night, you're still managing, um, you know, the stress of it all the overwhelm, the sicknesses, you know, and on top of that, we were dodging scorpions and all sorts of, like, extra challenges, which for you might be normal for us up in Canada. Like, <laughs> like who deals with this? Um, I got stung within my first week of being there. It was just kind of hilarious. Glad it was me. But um, anyway, so, yeah, that that really stands out to me. That, like, no matter where you go, those challenges come with you. You can't, like, run away from them. So it's really on us to figure out how are we going to roll with motherhood and find a way to make it work and, and find our joy, no matter where we are, no matter what the challenges are. Another thing that I that I take away from that whole experience was that the the moments of joy were the same, and they continue to be the same. So now, again, my kids are five and seven. The, the moments of joy are still the same for me, no matter how old my kids are, and no matter where I am. So even this morning, I'm sipping coffee out of my favorite coffee mug that I bought in Mexico, and that. Small little ritual of being with myself, slowing down, drinking a coffee. It shows up on my gratitude list like every single day. And it did in Mexico and it did 10 years ago. And it was like, wow, doesn't matter where I am. That brings me so much joy. Or going for like a slow walk with my family, whether we're in some sweet plaza on the other side of the world or wandering down the street in my little quiet hometown, it's the same thing. Um, And I always highlight that when I talk to people. You don't need to leave where you are to go and find joy it's about kind of distilling down what is it in the present that brings you joy it's probably going to be the same thing if you move to the other side of the world does that make sense
0: oh yeah I mean the coffee cup thing resonates with me so much like <laughs> if my favorite coffee mugs are dirty I'm very upset
1: <laughs> well I think as a mom it's like that was your moment uh-huh. that was like your little glimpse and you don't want to drink out of the one you don't like, right. Like. right? You just want
0: to have your thing because that was your moment of joy, right? I have my morning coffee cup. I have my evening tea cup. They're different cups (laughs) and they have have different meanings to me, different points in the day. I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about that a lot. We just went to um my parents have a home in Florida and we just stayed there for 10 days with the kids we listed our house we put it on the market and we were like let's get out of town as soon as we list it so we don't have to be here for showings which we didn't end up getting offers for those 10 days but same thing I'm like life is so simple right now we're just staying at my parents house we're so fortunate yet like the things are all still happening. The kids are still fighting. They still need to eat 24-7. Like, all yes. the things are still happening. So it's like you you can't remove the hardship. And I don't even want to say hardship because um, being a parent is such an amazing gift. But there are hardships, and you don't remove those when you move to a different environment.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So for us, and, and you know, my husband found the same thing, like, I, I think, in a way, he was trying to remove the hardship of um, the career stress and the work burden. And, and at that time, we had a very traditional setup where he was our primary income earner, and finding a lot of stress with that. And he learned that, like, you can't also just move away from that stress and burden either, you still kind of have to figure it out. So we both sort of faced our own Lessons in that way of like, okay, how are we gonna how are we gonna do that? How are we gonna find our own joy now, um, given that these feelings are still here? Right?
0: Yes, totally. Um, how old were you when you had kids? Great question. <laughs> <laughs> I was twenty eight. Okay, twenty eight. Yeah. Okay, I was twenty nine when I had my first. So that's that I asked that question because the first thing I want to talk about is this whole concept of missing your old life and like the freedom that you had before becoming a parent and like kind of reconciling like this is where we are now this is my life now Mm -hmm. and you almost don't want to say like I miss that freedom because you're so grateful you have kids but like it's just a feeling we all go through
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually encourage people to say out loud, I miss that freedom. Um, and, and, you know, a way to reconcile that within yourself, because I know so many people feel like guilty or shameful saying that totally acknowledging a feeling doesn't mean you're not grateful. It doesn't mean you don't love your children. It doesn't mean you wish you didn't have children. It just means you have this feeling that, you miss how easy life used to be or how free it used to be or how you could stay up until two in the morning and not feel a major consequence of that. Totally. So of course you're going to miss that. And that's what I always say to the the moms that I work with. So my, my counseling practice is primarily with um, moms during pregnancy and postpartum. And this is 100% of the time, something that comes up, this massive sense of loss, um, loss of self. And so we always start by saying like, it's okay that you feel that way. That is not a bad thing. You can miss your old self and love being a mom or miss your old self and still feel grateful for the life that you're in right now. They don't cancel each other out. So that's kind of step one is giving yourself permission to to say, I miss how things used to be. Um, and I think that can be really freeing. You know, I miss how things used to be. I miss like going out. I can... Actually, even say, I miss going out to the, the nightclub. I miss um, sleeping in. I miss not having to think about other people. I miss, you know, just get, getting on an airplane and leaving without a thought. Like, I could give a laundry list of the things I miss. And I'm still grateful for my life right now. And I love it. And it, it works. But of course, we miss those things. Hey? Eh?
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of like a resounding theme um, that I've heard on this podcast too is like, you can feel two things at once. You can feel that gratefulness and you can feel that, like, I miss that freedom. I miss Mm -hmm. getting on my bike at 7.30 p.m. with my husband and, like, riding our bikes up to one of our favorite bars and, like, just ordering some drinks and appetizers and then riding home, you know, an hour or two (laughs) later. Like, and just not having to think about all those things. I miss that. There, I'm claiming that.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: So what I do with that, though, because I know people listening might be like, "Okay, so I
1: miss it. Now I feel sad. Now what? Sure. You know, we don't want to just like dwell on the loss. But I think that the things that we miss, if we can identify what those are and what the feeling was that you had during that experience. So your example of like getting on your bike with your with your partner, going up to the to the restaurant or the pub and getting something like that sounds like fun for one. That sounds like freedom. Um, That sounds spontaneous. And so like, maybe those are the things that you're missing. And then what we need to do once we've distilled it down into that, like essence, then we need to bring it into our current life and think, okay, so clearly I need this. And if you think about moms, for the most part, do you have freedom, spontaneity, ease, ease? fun like it doesn't mean that we don't ever get to have those but you might really be missing those feelings and so it might look a little different now like for me I'm not going to go to the nightclub until closing like I'm not gonna- <laughs> I mean I might at some point I would love to but that's not reasonable for me right now so for me it's like it's a funny example but I know people relate to it, it. So I always tell it Um, so I'm like, okay, how do I get that feeling? Well, maybe I need to blast some really fun reggaeton music while I'm working out, or maybe I need to like, I don't know, find a way for more fun, go to a Zumba class, do an online dance class, um, bringing that energy into my current life. Mm -hmm. It's not
0: the same, but it
1: might tap into a similar feeling.
0: I totally feel that. Like sometimes I'll just play and, you know, old school rap music that I love. And even with my kids around and I'm just like rapping with the music and my kids are like, what is going on? Who are you? But it feels so freeing. And a side note to that, I always tell my kids because I do sometimes listen to music that has bad language. And I just tell my kids, I'm like, you know what? That's their art. And that's how those people are expressing their art. And that doesn't mean that we express our art that way. because they do (laughs) they do hear it sometimes and we I just kind of like acknowledge that because it is what it is I think some people might think that's weird but that's what we do here
1: (laughs) oh we're the same like my kids think it's just hilarious when they hear a bad word and I I giggle with them and then we get on with it it's like that's another thing you know I remember catching myself listening to you know kids bop all day long which is fun but Speaking of identity, we need to think of small little ways to grab bits of ourselves and bring them back into the day. So it, music is a perfect example. Perfect mm-hmm. example. So instead of listening to kids bop and like baby Einstein or whatever it is these days, all day long, it's putting your own music on, like, put your own candle on, put your own, like, listen to things that make you feel good. Um, it's a small little gesture that we are not here just primarily to give, 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 give to everybody else. We have to find little things to give to ourselves or to help us feel like ourselves again. So for you, if it's like a moment of rap music, (laughs) super fun, um, it'll remind you, it's gonna be stimulating that part of your brain that's like, yes, this is me. Um, And I think that's what we really miss as moms.
0: Yeah. And in a note to the music thing too, my husband and I have always been super intentional about that, like we're big music people and we listen to music all the time. And like our kids know Sturgill Simpson, our kids, you know, our kids know all these artists that we love and they recognize the music. And my husband's always like, they're going to thank us for this, that they know good music, you know, instead of just growing up on the kids, pop listen, we've got plenty of taco songs and pizza songs and all those like kids songs that are popular right now going too. but like when we're making dinner and things and when we're eating dinner and things like that, we've got our music on and, and it's not the rap, but it's it's music that like, I think will like instill hopefully a long-term love of music for our kids.
1: I'm sure it will. That is a gift. Yeah.
0: So, okay the other thing, you know, on the topic of like missing our old lives, something I have struggled with is like sometimes feeling like bitterness towards other people that have more freedom because like, I mean, this is really embarrassing. And like, I feel guilty even saying it, but I'm just going to say it and be honest. Like sometimes, you know, we have four kids. They're two, four, six, and eight. And sometimes my friends with two kids, like yours are what, five and seven. Yeah. We find ourselves, even though we, perfectly wanted to have four kids. We find ourselves (laughs) being like, must be nice. (laughs) Like, you know, must be nice to just take your two big kids and, and do this. And we're still like dealing with diapers. We did this to ourselves. We wanted four kids, but something in your brain still does that.
1: Uh, Yes. And it's the same theme of like, you're allowed to feel that way to me. So that gets into the like, maybe even jealousy or something that you see in other people is bringing up some resentment. Um, Or or anger or just discouragement and that's that's totally okay I think that's such a good source of information. So whenever we feel jealous or envious or like "Mm, must be nice to be you Maybe even people listening to me telling my story about traveling. They might feel like oh that must be nice So that's totally okay if you feel that get curious about what's underneath that for you So never mind me personally and my story or those people that bring up that feeling in you ask yourself. Okay, what does this mean about me? Does it mean that you're actually kind of overwhelmed? What is it that you see in those families that looks so nice, right? And what does that say about you and your values? Maybe you're missing the ease. Maybe you wish you could just get in the car and go um, without so much friggin' running around and planning and hassle and all of that. Um, And if that's the case, I mean, I'm just making up examples here, (laughs) but if that's the case, then how could you bring some of those things into your life or plan for it or pay for it or ask for more help? Um, Did you see what I mean? It's, like, oh, it's totally. like bringing it back to you and asking, okay, what's, what is this bringing up in me and what am I missing or what do I need?
0: I, I love that. I love that so, so much because you know, it's it like I said, like, you know, maybe you plan for X number of kids. Maybe you don't, maybe that's like the big, it is the biggest blessing, but like, when you feel those feelings, that's so true. It's like, okay, guess what? You're, you're paying for more babysitter time. You're, you know, you're, you're in, and those are the choices you have to make. I, I love that thought of like peeling it back and figuring out what it is that I'm like, what is making me feel that way?
1: Yeah. We used to, in our family, we we feel this way sometimes toward couples, like friends of ours who are couples, and they probably would never listen to this because they don't have children.
0: I know. I'm never, I was like, when I said that, I was thinking of my friends with two kids and I'm like, hope they're not offended by that. But it's just honesty. You know, they probably know that sometimes I feel like it would be nice, you know?
1: I know. I'm not offended by that. Like it's Yeah, just, you have just, two kids. Um, so we feel that way toward our couple friends who have no kids. And I don't yeah. know if you've heard of the Russian dinks, dual income, no children. Oh, totally. Um, right. And so I can't like, imagine oh, nice to have a brand new car and like a really nice house and go on vacation. Like, you know, we totally get into yeah. that. Well, that must be nice. And it's just telling me that, like, I wish I had nicer things. <laughs> I, I wish I had less money to sure. spend on diapers and more to spend on other things. Like, that's just, of course, you're going to want that. Of course, you're going to see things in other people. And. Um, And just because we chose to have kids doesn't mean we don't have any right to acknowledge the challenge. Just because you chose four children doesn't mean you're not ever allowed to say, wow, this is hard.
0: Yeah. Right? Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So let's segue into uh, intrusive thoughts. And I think it's a good place to to segue since we were just talking about our feelings that just come about. Our Mm -hmm. intrusive Mm -hmm. thoughts just come about. And when you have children, those thoughts at least for me became really heightened especially in my postpartum days when my kids were really young mm-hmm. so what is an intrusive thought
1: okay so intrusive thoughts are essentially any unwanted thoughts or it could be a a scene or a, an image even that flashes into your mind so that these are thoughts that you did not choose you do not want them you did not ask for them they just flash into your mind And so I I will start by saying that most people have intrusive thoughts at some point. It's actually really common. And and the examples that I give are like, you know, when you're driving down the the road, and again, this might sound weird if you don't have this thought, but so many people do. You drive down the street and you have this thought, what if I just like turned my steering wheel really abruptly and hit that sign or hit that car or went down that cliff? Uh, It doesn't mean that you want to. Mm. It's just this flash of a thought, right? Have you ever had one like that?
0: Oh, yeah. It's very, yeah. It makes me feel very uncomfortable.
1: Yes, exactly. And so I imagine those listening will feel that as well. And this might be the first time you've even heard that this is a thing. But gosh, like you are so not alone with these thoughts. It doesn't mean anything bad about you. It is an anxiety-driven thought. So intrusive thoughts range from like really kind of benign things. Like I often have them when I'm at the grocery store and I see them stack up those pop or soda boxes and they put them in like really big designs. And right now there's a huge like heart at our grocery store. And there I am with my full buggy of groceries. And I'm like, what if I just smash? Things? <laughs> I we're actually going to do that. But it's just this thought. It's yes. like this weird thought that just tells me that that's an interesting option. So <laughs> I, I mean, that's a funny one. But we, so yeah. we all have them during times of stress and overwhelm. We have more of them so usually they are anxiety driven especially once they start to feel uncomfortable and scary so um for for people during pregnancy and postpartum your nervous system is kind of ramped up as it is and that that makes perfect biological sense right you, we, we become mama bear our brain shifts into hyper um into high gear so that you protect your babies and doesn't that make beautiful sense? Like that gives me goosebumps just thinking of how cool we are as women. Um and so you're going to be tuned into every single risk out there mm. and your brain is essentially saying like what about this? What about that? What about this? Like the most horrific things can flash into your mind and it's usually stemming from that hypervigilance, possibly anxiety place. So just because you have intrusive thoughts it doesn't mean you necessarily have, you know, an anxiety disorder, but you, you do need to start to notice how they're interfering with your life. And at some point it could be part of an anxiety disorder, which is very, very common in pregnancy and postpartum.
0: So what do we do with those intrusive thoughts?
1: Yeah. Well, first I'm wondering if it would be helpful to talk about a bit more specifically about how they show up. Would that be helpful? Yeah. Go, yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking primarily for the, like the early motherhood, Phase. does sure. that fit for what what you want to talk about here
0: yeah um, I mean when I was in early motherhood I especially my first baby I thought about SIDS 24-7 I never wasn't oh. thinking about it it was awful so yeah I mean yeah. that's when those thoughts really for me and I'm sure for a lot of listeners started happening
1: exactly exactly and did you know at the time that that's what they were
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have labeled it as an intrusive thought. Like I certainly knew that. And I've, I've kind of always had some anxiety related issues in my life, but like I knew things were majorly heightened because I was postpartum. Oh,
1: right. Right. And the challenge is in, in in the moment, it's hard to rationalize. It's hard to tell yourself this is just a anxious thought. It feels really believable. It yeah. feels so real. And so you almost don't want to stop thinking about it because it yeah. seems like, risk. So for me, my intrusive thoughts were more about my personal safety with postpartum. So I was constantly looking over my shoulder in my own house, scared that somebody was going to be there. Um, didn't want to close my eyes in the shower, that kind of stuff, because my thoughts were like, so, so, so scared. Okay. So they show up in a few different categories. One would be, um, sickness and contamination. So that's a big one these days, especially with the pandemic and and that heightened fear of touching things, of contracting illness. So people might have thoughts of them getting sick or their baby getting sick. That's kind of like the one category. Another category would be injuries and accidents. So this would be like the SIDS type category of things just happening. Um, so you might have a flash of a thought of like your baby falling off a change table or suffocating in bed or drowning, things like this, just awful thoughts, but injury or accident related. Um, Another category that ramps up in in difficulty of of sitting with is uh, purposeful harm to the baby. So again, these are things that are not spoken about openly, but it's really important to talk about these. Of course, they might make people feel uncomfortable, but they happen frequently enough that we need to be speaking about this more. So for example, especially during like the really early days, when you feel overwhelmed and frustrated, and maybe you're up for days and days and days with a crying baby, you might have a thought of like, what if I just put my baby outside and just shut the door? Or what if I shook the baby? Or what if I just like, I'm so angry? What if I just throw the baby? You might have this flash. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you want to do. Okay. So then the fourth category, this is the toughest one for people to kind of sit with, but this is intrusive thoughts relating to sexual um, behavior or sexual thoughts. It could be toward a baby, it could be toward other people, um, could be toward like fantasy people, but it's thoughts that just flash into your mind in sexual content. So you can imagine for a mom who is so driven to keep that baby safe. She is like, that is her, her entire world. And then she's having these thoughts that are so disturbing of course, that's going to cause so much distress. So, I mean, they show up in so many different ways. And for those of you listening, if you're resonating to any of these categories, just take a breath and know that if you talk to a therapist who specializes in perinatal mental health, they will know exactly what this is. These are not scary for us to hear. Like, this is what we're trained in. There's totally a way through. So, the question that many people will think, well, how do I know if that's actually a dangerous thought? So, there is a, a one question that's really important. So when you think about this thing, this thought actually happening, does it feel in alignment with what you want? Do you want to actually leave? Do you actually want to drive your car into somebody else's car? Is that something that you desire? Does that bring you relief? Is it in alignment? Usually the answer is absolutely not. And that's why these thoughts are so distressing. Like you would never want to hurt your baby. You would never want your baby to, you know, die from SIDS, you would never want these things. And that's why they're so upsetting. And that's also why we know that they're anxiety driven thoughts. They're not um, dangerous thoughts in and of themselves. Does that
0: Mm -hmm. clarify that last piece? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I know that's kind of a long, a long winded way of talking about it. But I just want to make sure people know that, first of all, there's a whole bunch of different ways that these can show up. Um, It doesn't end in your postpartum period either. Like during periods of stress and overwhelm, they can increase. So what to do about these things then? What to do about intrusive thoughts? So the step one, get help for sure. Like if they're, if they're happening so frequently that they're getting in the way of your life, like it sounds like they were for you. Would you say that's what happened?
0: Oh yeah. And, and since then lots of other things like health related, being scared about things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So
1: first of all, get help. Like you, people's entire careers are, are, they exist to help people with this exact issue. So you shouldn't be able to deal with this on your own. You need support. Um, and we can link to some people or we, you know, postpartum support international is a great place to start if you're, you know, in the US or even globally, they have a lot of great resources. So definitely get help. But once you know that the thoughts are anxiety driven, it sends you in a whole different direction. It's not about preventing SIDS right it's not about like making sure you've got all the stuff in the baby monitors it's not that it's about looking at anxiety and overwhelm in your life and how you can practice and learn to soothe your system and bring your whole nervous system into a calm place because when you're feeling anxious that's when these thoughts are are, are really going in high gear so the whole approach shifts.
0: You know what I struggle with with all of this, like figuring out ways to like decrease our overwhelm and our anxiety and stuff. I, back to like the whole privilege thing, I struggle so much with like, you must have such an easy life that you get to like even worry about these things because there are people that like literally day in and day out just have to hustle to feed their kids and do all the things that that have just have to get done and they don't have the time to sit and worry about their health 24 seven and things like that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It absolutely does. But I also wonder if it's, if it's invalidating the fact that you are worrying about your yeah. health, you are struggling. And, and, you know, we tend to do that because momentarily it makes us feel a bit better. We're like, well, so-and-so has it way worse. Yeah. And so in, in that moment it makes you feel like, well, I've got it pretty good. I should be, I should feel better, but it doesn't actually make you feel better. It just dismisses the fact that you're actually really suffering um, and you're right. Like, I, I tend to think about, you know, the old hierarchy of needs, that whole model. Of course, if you are unsure of whether you're going to be able to feed your family, like, that is the focus. Nobody's thinking about self-care and, like, alone time and Right. All of that. Those are really important things to have, but it's more important to feed yourself and your children. So we definitely go through that hierarchy of, like, when are we even able to worry about these things. So I I appreciate that. There is a bit of privilege in it, but it is very real. Like the anxiety that you're talking about is very, very real. You didn't just get to feel that because you're a privileged white woman. Um that sounds like a very real experience that you're having.
0: Yeah. I for sure. And I and I, I appreciate that you saying that too. And I do have friends that like that bring that up to me. Like just because your life is like pretty darn easy, like relatively speaking, globally, like in the, in the whole grand scheme of things, like that doesn't mean that your feelings aren't real. Hey friends, a quick break here to let you know we are part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network here at Why Is Everyone Yelling, and we've got some other really great shows in our network. We've got a couple of running podcasts. One that I host and I interview Olympians and professional runners as well as everyday runners over there. That's called All Have Another with Lindsey Hine. We have the Up and Running podcast, which brings you all of the latest news in elite and professional distance running. We have the Illuminate Podcast, which shares stories of people doing really, really good work in the world, lots of nonprofit founders and people that are really living out their life's purpose over there. And then we have the Urban Pharmacy, which is a holistic, living, plant-based, nutrition, education-type podcast hosted by Stacey Heine. I have learned so much from that show already. So check our other shows out as well if you're loving this one. And you can give us a follow over at Sandy Boy Productions to learn about all the shows in the network. Uh, We're Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram. And you can learn more at sandyboyproductions.com as well. All right, friends. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Kate. So once we, I like, once we identify, like, I need to go talk to someone, we start talking to someone, I guess just like, maybe we can talk about reframing thoughts and things like that.
1: Yes. Okay. And I actually teach all these things. I have an online course for anxiety, which is, um, teaches all these things about your thought reframing, but also lowering your anxiety response in general. So we could think about two different pathways to manage this. One is, Taking a bit of control over your thoughts. And then the other is lowering your anxiety in general. So that would the second piece would be more about um, relaxation, exercise, sleep, uh, meditation, things like that that are gonna lower that overall sense of anxiety. But in the moment when you're having that very thought, you're not gonna go meditate. You're not gonna want to do that, right? Like you're you're feeling it big time. So we need to label the thought as an intrusive thought. And that very act of labeling it cues your brain that this thing isn't necessarily true. It's a it's a separate it's a separate thing. It puts it out there. It separates it from yourself. So, for me, I'll give an example that I have. It's it's again around my safety. Like I I'll be in the shower and all of a sudden my brain is like, you know, there's somebody outside your hallway. It's so embarrassing even saying that. I'm like a 35-year-old woman, but again, I'm like, no, no, many of us feel this way. Totally. Um So what I need to do, instead of of putting energy into that thought and continuing to believe it, I need to be mindful of it in the moment. So noticing it and naming it. Oh, I'm having that thought again. I'm having an intrusive thought that this is just an intrusive thought. Some people like to use terms like junk thought or silly thought just to kind of take the legs out of it in a way like, oh, there's that weird thought I'm having again. Or, oh, there's that thing Kate Kate talked about, right? Or Lindsay talked about on the podcast. There is an intrusive thought. So naming it, it's almost like it puts a bubble around it and starts to kind of push it away from yourself. This isn't real. This is just a thought. And even telling yourself that this is just a thought. This is not true. This is just a thought. So our thoughts don't actually have to dictate our behavior. I don't have to open my shower curtain and check. I don't have to like rush through my shower in a frenzy and then go and like look through my house that that is behaving as if the thought is true. So we need to interrupt that process and decide that this is not a true thought. I'm not going to let my behavior continue to follow it. But we got to do something in there. And it starts with mindfulness. Because if we're not aware of our thoughts, then they're just going they're just going to happen. And we're going to go on autopilot through the day, just believing everything we think. So in a way, we need to start witnessing our thoughts. Oh, I had that thought again. Huh, interesting. Oh, there it is again. Interesting. And so for you, thinking about SIDS, at the end of the day, you might think back of like, wow, I thought about that all day long. Right? Wow, I, I, I continue to have this awful image. There is that intrusive thought again. Does this make sense? How how we're externalizing it in a way?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give another example too for the listeners hmm. in case they in case they don't resonate with your your person jumping into your shower with you or my Sid's example. <laughs> yeah. um, I long story short, I have the BRCA two gene mutation, so I did elect to have a prophylactic mastectomy, but before I did that. I would obsess over like giving myself breast exams because I was so nervous I was going to find a lump. And there would be days where I would, I would probably mm-hmm. like check like no less than 50 times a day. Like, like okay. things were going to change in six hours, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, now as I hear you talking about it and I, and I knew I was being obsessive, but there's a, and, and it really never ended until I ended up getting the mastectomy. But, um, you know, I think they're There could have been a way to get a hold of that. You know, whether or not I ended up getting the mastectomy or not, like I didn't need to give myself 50 breast exams a day. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I hear you. And I think, you know, for anybody looking at their behavior that they've done and yourself too, is like, how can we hold ourselves with compassion? Right? Like, wow, you were feeling so anxious that that felt appropriate at the time that felt reasonable so like we can't look back and think wow that was ridiculous no we look back and think oh my gosh i was really hurting and i was so scared and that's what i needed to do to feel safe and i just have so much compassion for you um and for anybody listening going through that and i think it's important that's such a good example because intrusive thoughts um can end up turning into OCD, right? Obsessive compulsive disorder. It's often part of it. So especially when our behavior starts kicking in so that for you, that checking Mm -hmm. was a, was a quick way of reducing your anxiety. So you had that health anxiety. Am I going to be okay? Check. It soothes your anxiety for like maybe 20 minutes and 10 minutes. Right. And then the anxiety ramps up again and you have to, you have to do the behavior again to soothe the anxiety so that that starts a pretty good cycle. And you think of your brain like it, wow, what a great effective way to reduce that anxiety. But then when you zoom out a little bit farther, okay, it doesn't really work for life. It gets in the way of the way of how you want to live your life. Um, and so that's what we really want to ask ourselves is my behavior or are these thoughts getting in the way of my life? Right. We might always have intrusive thoughts. Like you might always have flashes of, am I okay? Is there something wrong with my body? Um, Maybe that's maybe that's okay if you have the thought. But once it starts to dictate your behavior, get in the way, then it's time to intervene and get some support.
0: Um, Okay, so let's wrap up intrusive thoughts like we go seek help. We reframe our thoughts. Any any last ways we want to tie that piece of the conversation Mm up? Yes, I I would
1: leave with the reminder that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts do not define you. Every single human has bizarre, weird, inappropriate thoughts and that's why we get to have an inner world. Thank goodness, right? And so, I would just take a big breath and remind yourself that it's okay that you're having these thoughts. They will not haunt you forever. There's so much that you can do to find some relief from them.
0: Um okay, so we're going to transition into feeling feelings of anger versus acting out on our anger, which is is something as as a mom like it's like those two feelings at once. Like you love your kids so much, but you're like, don't touch me. Like <laughs> I need space. Um, and you know, I was just talking to my oldest son about this because like he was screaming at one of his brothers, you know, like an hour before this conversation. And, um, I was getting really mad at him because I was like, stop screaming. Like we're not going to scream all day long at everybody. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, he hears you screaming at people. So he thinks screaming at people is a solution. So I looked him in the eye and I was like, look, dude, I get it. I scream too. But like, we're working on this together. Like, this is like, it's not just me telling you not to scream. I'm, we're in this together. So, um, oh, love that. oh man, it's hard. You guys, this is hard. You all know.
1: It is so hard. Uh,
0: so, what do we do with our feelings of anger when we're just like, "Oh, I can't take it anymore.
1: I'm gonna, like, lose your mind. I hear you. like, first of all i'm I'm right there with you. Um, anger as a therapist, anger is a great feeling. Like when I hear my clients talk about feeling really angry, I'm like, yes, tell me more. Anger is one of the best warning signs. It's the it's like a very, very powerful emotion. I almost see you waving a flag, like, stop. I am not okay, something is not okay, it is a a really powerful emotion. So the first thing is like, let's not push our our anger away. I think as women, most of us are taught to be nice, be calm, be gentle, be loving, blah, 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 blah. But like, are we taught that anger has a place in our lives? Probably not, Mm -hmm. most of us not. Um, So that's that's wrong, anger is just an emotion. We need to, first of all, allow it, like to allow the feeling of it, right? Um, and not judge ourselves as being bad moms because we feel angry. Okay, so that's that's step one. Every single human feels anger. Anger is a sign. I love that iceberg model of anger and you could just go and Google anger iceberg model and a really cool pictures would come up. There's lots of great um, Instagram graphics. I think I have an iceberg graphic on my Instagram. Um, essentially, anger is the tip of the iceberg. Anger is what you see. And then, it's, but anger is what we call a secondary emotion. It comes because of something else. Underneath the anger is usually sadness, overwhelm, loneliness, disappointment, shame, all of these other feelings that are way harder to actually feel. So we just get pissed off instead, right? Um, I think in the situation you're talking about, it sounds like overwhelm. It sounds like just frustration. You had this call coming up. You need people to behave themselves. Maybe you had an expectation that they would, and then all of a sudden, everything comes crushing down. So the anger is what shows up. Um, but for anybody listening who feels like, you know, that word mom rage resonates mm-hmm. with them. Again, be curious, what is underneath? What are the situations that elicit that rage um, or that that immense anger? And then what else might be going on? So let's bring it back to that discussion we had at the very beginning about like this, that that mourning moment mm-hmm. that you have. Because I used to feel, and I still do, um, very angry when my very limited alone time gets interrupted. Oh, totally! It's like it goes from zero to just rage yes. so fast. Because it's like this was my time, right? Totally, you took it from me. Um, and so that's a really good example because it's like, what's underneath that? It's loss. It's um, it's probably overwhelm. It's feeling sad. Like I just needed some time for myself, and I don't even get that. It's that feeling that things are unfair. Um, It's a whole bunch of different things, but it's not really about the anger. Okay, so that's kind of step one is recognizing there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. It's not just that you're an angry person. Nobody, none of you all are just angry people. No, I don't believe that. That might be how you've learned to let out some of the other emotions that are harder to deal with uh, or harder to feel, but you're not just an angry person. Um, okay. But you're saying like, how do we not just lose our minds at
0: our kids? Totally. (laughs) And if we do, it's okay. Like we can come back around, like we can reset, like, you know, like I literally lost my voice from yelling at my kids last week because I, I just had a week, no childcare, you know, like we're moving in three weeks. Like life is stressful right now. And, you know, I have been working probably for three years pretty intentionally on like moving away from like the yelling and the type of discipline that like I don't necessarily want to do anymore. And so, you know, when I revert back and get into like a big screaming, yelling and say words I'm not proud of, I'm like, shoot, but I know I can reset.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, there's so much opportunity in that repair. And actually you're teaching kids are really important lesson that you're a human being, we actually don't do our children a a service when we show up as perfect and we don't ever make mistakes because then they're going to think that that's possible. Then they're going to be very disappointed in themselves when they like normal humans and make mistakes. So we actually are doing our children a service when we show them our humanness. But when we apologize and we take responsibility and we say, you know, sweetie, that wasn't your fault. Mommy is stressed out. Mommy is feeling overwhelmed or or i however you want to say it, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so I lost my cool and that's why I yelled. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm going to try better. I'm going to try harder next time um, or something like that. Put your own words to it, but it's, it's owning it. Nobody wants to yell at their kids, but I've literally never met somebody who has not yelled <laughs> like we all do.
0: Write us um, in, please bring us an email. We want to meet you if you have yeah, lived that yeah. life. <laughs> so,
1: so we all do it. We all know we don't want to do it. Um, so we all feel a little bit of guilt and, and shame around it, but it's, it's saying like, how can you kind of own that with your kids and, remember that there's a lot of power in that repair. There's a lot of power in the repair. Um, Also though, like I think there are some similar skills to that intrusive thoughts piece around mindfulness. So again, if we go through our life on autopilot and we're not paying attention to how we're speaking, how we're behaving, um, it's not that you have to control it, but just notice it. How am I feeling? You know, we just got a puppy and I'm noticing my kids like being a bit rough with her. And I'm surprised with that. I thought that they would be different. And so again, I have this expectation. I'm disappointed sometimes when I see them yanking on her leg and like dragging her around the floor. (laughs) I freaked out yesterday. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, Yeah, but like, I don't want to speak like that to my children to say, what are you thinking? Um, So again, it's like noticing my trigger. For me, that was an an overwhelming moment. Now I know I'm sensitive around the dog. I I need to be aware of that. I need to pause, take a breath, maybe intervene and correct and then have a conversation and it's and it takes practice right but the more we can notice our feelings in the moment notice when we start to bubble up you know for those listening you might even think like what are the two or three situations where I typically mm-hmm. like go off the dial but, right for me it's around the dog um, it's when my mornings get interrupted and it's when the kids fight
0: Oh, fighting! Oh, I just lose it with the fighting. I'm like, why are you doing this? That the pillows being thrown off the couch, the couch cushion getting cushions getting torn apart. Those are two of my big ones, and then just the constant wrestling all the time, twenty four seven. Yeah. So even with that, if you could identify,
1: like, what are those things that I don't show up as my best self? Mm. In, maybe coming up with like some age appropriate consequences for the kids. Okay, okay. if you're going to do that, and you can say it really calmly, if you're going to do that, you're not going to get your show for the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, or, I don't know, make a plan going in so that you feel armed so that your anger isn't the plan. Because I think that's what we often do. Our anger turns into the consequence. Yep. And I would much rather go on in to my children's fighting and say, you know what, we've talked about this, you agreed not to do that. So now this is what's going to happen. And that was your choice. Actually, I don't want my emotions to be the punishment um for my children. Right.
0: It's so hard though because I'm like, I don't want the punishment to be something that's gonna punish me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it is though and you just gotta grin and bear it, yeah. but yeah. like, oh my gosh. You know, like I know, taking
1: away TV. Yeah.
0: Or like taking away like sometimes I've tried to eliminate this, like with my husband, I'm like, hey, we're not threatening or like saying we're taking away like an outing that I know we're going to do like the I yes. it's like the, it's like the presents at Christmas time you don't threaten that because you know you're going to get the presents anyway so don't ever do that totally. but like also if we do fall because I'm like whatever you say the consequences you better fall follow through or they won't believe you yeah but like I'm, I don't want to say I'm going to take away something that I genuinely want to go do like if totally. we're going to a cookout and I want to go to that cookout that, I'm not taking the cookout away
1: no 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 no, you don't. You definitely don't want to do that. So, like, if if TV is your only moment mm-hmm. of sanity, then yeah, don't threaten to take that away. Pick something, um, though. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, some people are just if you're not into any kind of consequence or punishment, that's okay too. It's like find a way to make a plan. I think that's really what yeah. the core of this is: make a plan of how you want to address that situation. So identifying the the hot spot that triggers your anger, how do you want to navigate that? Write it out. And then practice, because you're going to have a lot of
0: opportunities, I'm sure. I like want to get a contract written out with my kids. If you destroy this couch, this is what's going to happen. Sign on the dotted line. Yeah, I
1: love that. I love that. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, well, uh, Kate and I have so many other topics we could cover. I think we'll probably do a follow-up episode. One of the ones for sure we want to talk about is, is our relationship with our significant other once once kids come about, because I know that's a big topic. So yes, absolutely. I have personally benefited from this conversation and I know our, our listeners had, so have as well. So thank you for this so far, Kate.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. It's so nice to chat with you.
0: Um, let's wrap up with into podcast here. Uh, what is one thing professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet?
1: Mm, Oh, I love this question. I envision leading retreats. And actually, full circle back to Mexico, um, I would love to lead women in um, that reclamation, reclamation of self, um, a retreat of that nature down in some gorgeous retreat center in Mexico.
0: Oh, that sounds lovely. You guys have to follow Kate on Instagram. So when she leans into that dream and makes it happen, you'll know, because I'm sure you'll be uh-huh. sharing it there, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, It's Kate Borsato on Instagram? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Kate Borsato. And same with my website, just Um,
1: Tons of resources on mental health, therapy, all sorts of things, anger, anxiety, relationships.
0: Yeah. We will link all of those in the show notes as well. Cool. Okay, Kate. What's the best, most recent book you've read?
1: Oh, you know, this is going to be a therapy a therapy book. I gotta say, maybe I'll share too. Okay, sure. Um, the, the one that I'm reading right now is called The Art of Holding in Therapy. It is a book for perinatal mental health therapists and anybody listening who's in this field who works with with per- perinatal mamas. Um, this book is just speaking to my soul. Karen Kleiman wrote it, and um, it's fabulous. I, I'm a bit of like a academic um leaning, like I just love reading research papers and um, therapy books and things, so. Okay, and the one that I think moms would really love, it's called Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself by, or maybe it's self-kindness, but self-compassion, we'll link it here, by Kristin Neff. Um, I went to this conference and learned from her from a professional perspective, but as a mother and as an individual, it like totally changed my life and the way I was treating myself. Um, self-compassion is like a legitimate evidence-based way of managing anxiety, overwhelm, guilt, all the things that we feel as moms. So yeah, highly recommend that one.
0: Yeah. And don't feel guilty about doing that. You know, I think as you're talking about that book and I go back to like when I was saying I feel guilt that I even like have those feelings, I'm thinking, well, like I can't be the best human that I want to be. I can't be the best I want to be without addressing those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guilt is like a really useless emotion, to be honest, other than like giving you some information about where to go next. You know, sometimes guilt is like, oh, did I swear at my husband? I feel guilty about yeah. that. Okay, maybe I need to go and correct that now. So that's appropriate. But guilt that I'm no longer breastfeeding or guilt that I worked lo- a long day and I'm not around my kids. Is that a, is that necessary? Did I do something wrong that I need to apologize for? no then it's probably not my belief anymore and I need to let that go.
0: Mm, I love that. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Do you have a kid's book you recommend?
1: You know what? When I when I saw that question, I, I cracked my brain for a bit. But what I want to share is like whatever book you actually like reading with your kids, get that book, mm. right? So I think underneath that is give yourself permission to – get a little bit of joy of what you're doing with your kids, because then you're more likely to actually do it. So I I have a couple books that are a bit spiritual based, but like earth based spirituality of, you know, the elements and fairies and all sorts of like cool th- things like that. And I actually like that stuff. So I tend to buy those books for my children, because it makes me more likely to read with them. And I so I think it's, it's like tap into what you like so that your experience is enjoyable with your kids.
0: Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Now this is a weird question because we started the conversation with um, your trip when you guys traveled around and did did your thing. But I was going to ask next, what is a trip or a place that you recommend people visit with with kids?
1: Ooh, like, do I have the whole? Is the world my oyster? Yeah. <laughs> um, mm, you know what? Like, I I on, like I know we've talked about Mexico and. I've been there as a child, as a teen, as a young adult, as a very, very pregnant woman, and then postpartum as well. Wow. And All the seasons. All the seasons. And my most, well, I loved all the seasons there. But when, when I was very, like, eight months pregnant, I was in Mexico, and I felt like a goddess. I felt like the most revered, respected human Um you know, it, it was a really incredible feeling, and then being there with my babies later, I felt so celebrated. And and so, gosh, I, I just love Mexico. So if you're if you're feeling like an adventure, if you're feeling like you want to be around folks who love family, who celebrate family, um, then I would highly recommend Mexico. I mean, it's a huge place. So you, I know. Do you, you, have, you have a specific Mexico? city?
0: Well, we love,
1: I mean, it just depends on what you want. So we went to Guanajuato as a family. We, my husband and I go to Cancun all the time for our adult only vacation. Yes. Um, you know, we've, I grew up going down to the the Baja Peninsula, San Jose and Cabo area. Um, but I would, I would recommend um, if you're looking for like beachy Mexico, then we really love Baja Peninsula Um but inland, Guanajuato was was incredible, incredible.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Kate, what is your last message you want to leave our audience with today?
1: Mm. Well, first I want to honor you for listening to this and taking time for you. I know many people would be probably juggling parenting and listening at the same time. So kudos to you. And the message that I would leave you with is to continue to find little moments for yourself even if at the beginning it feels like you're mining for them like you're working really hard to find them they might feel like they don't exist and it's not possible for you to take time for you but as you move through this journey it's going to become more and more possible and i just want you to keep trying and to know that the more you carve out for yourself the better everybody will be
0: thank you so much kate
1: You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I love chatting with you, Lindsay.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Kate, for coming on the show. You guys can learn more about Kate. You can find her on Instagram. She is Kate Borsado over there. You can find this podcast on Instagram where why is everyone yelling? Uh, Love to connect with you. You can shoot me an email anytime lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com if you ever have any suggestions for the show we also have a facebook group called why is everyone yelling all right thanks so much for being here i hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on why is everyone yelling